What if I told you that you can experience vivid hallucinations from the comfort of your own home without taking any drugs? The truth is even more simple and perhaps more surprising than you might think. This is The Phantasmagorical Think Tank. This is the first truly phantasmagorical topic in the dictionary sense that we've delved into in quite a while. We'll be talking about the Gonsfeld effect and its association with Gonsfeld hallucinations, which in turn is also associated with the Gonsfeld experiment. Matt, what is the Gonsfeld effect? So our brain is known to process the information, our sensory information, starting with basic shapes, color patterns, etc. And then narrows things down to sort of uh, understand what we could be seeing or what, what we are seeing. As our brain integrates more specific details that we are seeing from the basic shapes to the colors to the uh, finer points, we narrow down the object until we have a particular object in mind. So, you know, you may see a pencil and it's like, oh, it's stick-like and it's yellow. And then you're like, oh, but it has the point at the end and the other parts and the, it's the cross beams and this is a pencil. And our brain is pretty good at that. I mean, you know, you typically can tell when a pencil is a pencil. It's almost like a, a game of 20 questions where our brain starts by asking like super vague things like what's the general shape, what's the general size, and then like gets more and more specific until it's like, ah, it's my friend Matt. Yeah, like that is not a toaster, that is Matt. <laughs> Like, it does not have the shape of a beluga whale, it has the shape <laughs> of a human face. So Matt, what happens if our brain ever guesses wrong? Yeah, so under certain conditions, our brain uh, could be led astray, and as a result, we would have hallucinations of things that we think we're seeing, or our brain will put into our mind and say, like, this is the thing you're seeing, though the thing is not really there, it's not really that thing you're seeing, due to your brain being misled. Yeah, I would imagine that if my brain makes an incorrect presumption early on, like, yes, that's the general shape of a, a large uh, marine mammal, it would end up getting a horribly wrong specific thing that it guessed that was wildly different than what was actually there. Yeah, like in 20 questions, if someone lies or says mm -hmm. something wrong, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> for one thing, and then you later are like, wait a minute, how was I yeah. to get that? You said it was a soft item, and this is a... Corkscrew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Gonsfeld effect is when the brain guesses wrong, which is almost never, except in specific situations that we'll get later. And then the Gonsfeld hallucinations are the things that it thinks it sees, because it's like, well, I guess this is the only thing in my list of what it could possibly be left. A seahorse? That's, that's the last thing on the list, I guess. So Matt, how can we trigger this Gonsfeld effect from the comfort of our own home? Ping pong. Tell me more. So if you take a ping pong ball and you cut it in half and basically make um, hemisphere glasses out of the two ping pong ball halves and put them over your eyes, you know, putting them together with tape or have a transparent connector such that you're not obstructing the view too much, if that makes sense. Um, you know, like clear tape, don't put duct tape over them or it won't work. Yeah, like uh, sunglasses, but with ping pong balls instead of lenses and optionally tape instead of plastic. Yeah. And then you put on headphones, play some white noise, sort of the auditory effect of it, of the, of the experiment. 
and you sit in a dark room, dark area, with soft red light being the only light source within the area. Supposedly, you're supposed to experience the Gonsfeld effect and see these Gonsfeld hallucinations through this set of experiments. And to be specific, uh, this setup is known as the Gonsfeld experiment. So Scott, what exactly is happening in our brain for this in the particular experiment where, you know, after some time in the 30 minute period, you're you start seeing hallucinations like what's going on to cause that? Ah, well, two things uh, to re uh, summarize what we've already said. Our brain no longer has specific three dimensional objects that it can see. It just has vague uh, red blobs that are sort of formed out of the imperfections in the ping pong balls. So all our brain has to work with is, oh, yeah, I guess this is vaguely the shape of an elephant. Yeah, I guess it's an elephant. And on top of that, it has no auditory or visual cues and no self-correcting stimulus to tell the brain that it's got it wrong. If we transition into a more neuroscience perspective, there are sort of four overall brain states of attention that our, our brain jostles between over the course of a day. The four states are called beta, alpha, theta, and delta. When you're in a more beta state, it means you have an attention on something. You're trying to do a task, uh, and we're sort of on high alert, so to speak. When we're in alpha, we're more calm, we're relaxed. This is the state we're in when we're taking a break or just uh, sitting down, uh, taking a breath. Theta is when we're in a state of sort of deep concentration or relaxation or meditation, perhaps when you're doing yoga or you're drawing uh, or you're on a nice long walk when you're in a deep state of flow. And finally, delta is when you're in a state of uh, deep dreamless sleep. So the neuroscience behind the Gunsfeld experiment is that it's designed such that within minutes it puts you in a theta state. So perhaps even if you were... Uh, worried or anxious about something earlier, it puts you in a state of flow where our brain is calm and relaxed. And uh, I think if I'm uh, remembering correctly, because of that, we're also rather suggestible in that state, which leads to our brain accepting things that we otherwise wouldn't like. Oh, yep, that's a that's a unicorn right there. That's what I see. So Matt, uh, obviously, we did some research before talking about this. What sort of specific things did Gunsfeld experimenters who underwent this report having seen? Um, some people have seen things like, you know, as we mentioned before, seahorse, <laughs> uh, eyes. Um, some have experienced more auditory hallucinations, not just the visual, like we just mentioned, but uh, hearing voices. Similarly, any uh, some experience some sense of movement visually. Also, if memory serves, there were even tactile hallucinations. Like, uh, one of the ones that I saw, someone said, like, oh, yeah, someone was definitely touching my chin a few moments ago. But uh, on camera, you could see no one was. So it's a, it's a wide array. I feel like it's not necessarily the same thing for everyone. Or some people described it as a very vivid hallucination. And others were, like, not as keen with their hallucinations. Like, oh, it seems like this but it's not a, a strong like oh i th i think it's this if that makes sense like i think it's yeah like what i see looks like blank versus i see blank yeah some people were like dead set on this is what i see and other mm -hmm. more uh blacks another thing is that the hallucinations got rather disturbing at points i remember one person said like 
It looked like I was driving down a highway and these hairy, lumbering creatures were hiding in the trees on either side watching me. That just sounds spooky if I do say so myself. I think that's the one I was referring to with the movement also. Just like mm -hmm. the fact that you can think you're moving even though you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, I have a suggestion. What may it be? What if we Gonsfelded ourselves? Let's do it. Well, plot twist, listeners, we already did. Last uh, week, we subjected our own selves to the Gonsfeld hallucination. Uh, at the same time, in, our, in the comfort of our own homes, we got into a dark room, put ping pong balls on, white noise, red light, half hour. So, Matt, now that it's all done and over, what were your experiences, and how did it compare with your expectations? So, we, we did it for 30 minutes only, which is a good time to do it. It, it should be enough to see something, supposedly. Uh, we are Early on, I felt like within a couple minutes, I started noticing a few color changes. The red seemed to fluctuate between orange and black. It... it just kept pacing between that where it would flare up as red and then sometimes disappear as an orange or sometimes the it felt like the black was creeping in and filling up what I was seeing from the red, if that makes sense. Yeah, I actually had a very similar experience where like I I knew uh, that everything in the room was just red, but I did see oranges, yellows, purples, blacks. And it almost felt like, uh, you know, those 1960s style uh, tie-dye patterns of swirls and waves and motions. I kind of saw that, but with only warm colors. Like, I almost saw waves of color moving across my vision, even though I knew there wasn't anything to move. Yeah, like I know the light is stationary, but it, it, something about it just seemed like it was moving. Yeah, or like the colors were spinning, even though like I knew I was just staring at a, a, a motionless object. Yeah. Um, other things I noticed later on were I felt like I saw two faces, but uh, much like how I mentioned before, not everything was very vivid. Um, some aspects of the face were vivid, but it, was, it wasn't it was like an in-color face, if that makes sense. It was more of like an outline, like if you saw a police sketch mm -hmm. and then put it over a red background. Yeah, I agree. I too saw like almost cartoon style silhouettes where I thought like, oh, that silhouette looks like a human skull, but I didn't see anything where I thought, oh, wow, I am seeing a human skull. Yeah. And it, it uh, I, some part, I felt like some parts were very detailed. Like it wasn't like I, I could tell like, oh, that person has glasses on that I'm seeing. Um, that was one of them. And one of them I was like, Ooh. oh, it's just like uh, normal like no, nothing out of the ordinary about it but it wasn't i also wasn't just like oh it's kind of sort of a face i was like it's definitely the outline of a face um and then one other thing i saw that was not a face it looked like the side of a pack of batteries when they're still in the package yeah it was, it, it's just a bunch of circles with like the little battery at the end uh just packaged in the way batteries are packaged with the alternating zigzag formation and, and that one actually did have a bit of color to it maybe just because of the already auburn color behind it but it, it did seem like it was a little more brown battery duracell duracell batteries to be duracell the the brand you can trust i once saw an ad for duracell where i'm, I'm not making this up it's like duracell lasts just as long as energizer but energizer doesn't last longer than duracell <laughs> 
this is a real ad. I'm not making it up. Well, I wonder what the thought process is. <laughs> like, well, I feel like people just aren't understanding that the battery lasts longer. Well, how do we how do we really push home that our battery lasts longer? Well, I think we need a direct comparison. I think we need to say that it lasts just as much as, as Energizer. But Energizer doesn't last longer. Like, why, would, why would you advertise saying, me and my competitor, we have equally good products? Like, why would you? And, but, uh, but ours is better. Okay, but anyway, I've completely uh, derailed our conversation. Let's go back to hallucinating. What did you see? Uh, more, like after the original shape and color movements. Yeah, so I was, uh, from our research, I was expecting that it would start from, like, just vague shapes and distortions into more vivid objects. One thing, it almost felt like I was falling through, like, the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland, where, like, a small, narrow tube that I felt like I was sort of moving through, and, like, it almost felt like there was kind of smoke floating around, and, like, the smoke would turn into a shape for an instant, then vanish, where I'd be like, oh, is that... A person and then as soon as as soon as it kind of registered in my brain my brain was like eh no and it kind of vanished into the mist i i think i saw a knife and a horse and probably the most vivid thing was like a human skull i think i mentioned that already um the most vivid thing overall was at one point it felt like i was flying through the sky and there were red clouds below me and a red sun on a red sky you can imagine it was all red because there was only red light in the room but that uh, only lasted for an instant probably the most interesting part was an auditory hallucination i had at one point i started hearing something like um do 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 and i was like oh man did the white noise i got from youtube like have music in the background that sucks and then i but then i kept hearing do 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 in a way that felt simultaneously loud but distant like it's kind of difficult to describe but it had that like low quality echoey sound from music that's too loud but also it was very quiet so it was as if it was being blasted from very far away and that was when I realized the white noise didn't have the music. I was making up the music in my mind. And that was a very bizarre experience. And unlike the visual experiences, even after I became fully aware that I was hallucinating the music, it still kept coming back. And like every few minutes throughout the 30 minutes, I kept hearing do, do, do. It was scary at first, but then it actually got kind of comforting. It It kind of had that like familiar bounciness of video game music if that makes sense yeah did you notice any tactile experiences or oh good question i did not did you uh the closest thing was sometimes i just couldn't tell if my eyes were open or not like i had this feeling of like my eyes are closed and i would even though there was like still some light because the light is so faint through the ball uh something about it just seemed like there was a really bright light on the other side of my eyelids I would have to blink sometimes just to remind myself like eyes are indeed open. Yeah, um I did notice at one point it it sort of hit me like a shock that I hadn't blinked for like a solid 2 minutes or at least what felt like 2 minutes and I was like, "Oh, snap, like my eyes have been wide open for several minutes. My eyes are very dry right now." <laughs> That's another thing about um being in a theta state is time compression. At first, I thought, oh, man, I have to sit here for 30 minutes. But then suddenly 
when the timer went off, I was like, what is up with this white noise? And then I realized like, oh, the timer's going off. It's been 30 minutes. How has it been 30 minutes? It feels like seven. I'm going to guess that like the first five minutes felt like 10 minutes. And then the last 25 minutes felt like two, if that if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I definitely felt in the beginning, I was like, whoa, this is taking a while. And then suddenly just sort of flew by and I was like, oh, I can't believe it's been 30 minutes. I thought maybe it was 18 max. Yeah, I I think the best analogy would be like the state when you're not quite asleep, but you're still falling asleep in bed. Yeah. Another interesting thing is that like I've talked about vivid things, but the most convincing hallucinations were actually probably the least clear where like the ping pong balls are somewhat translucent mostly opaque but somewhat translucent and so if i held up my hand really close and moved my hand across my face i could like see a very clear black uh blurry blob move across my vision and i would obviously be like oh that's my hand so i think the most convincing hallucination was like i saw two black blobs on either side of my field of view and the one on the left started like pulsing i guess black blobs across my vision into the right it was almost like almost like a gosper glider gun from conway's game of life or like something got shot out from one hub and was absorbed into the other and even though it was just black blurry blobs it was almost as intense as the black blurry blob as some hand in front of me so that was the moment where i was like oh wow like there could very well be something right in front of me oh that was golly overall did your experience match your expectations uh not really i expected to see a little more i feel like it just wasn't there for whatever reason like it i i did expect the vivid rather than the silhouettes yeah i'm going to agree like i was expecting like a full-on 360 immersion the way like a very vivid dream is and it was uh my real experiences were nothing like that but but still kind of remarkable, in my personal opinion, at least. Yeah, that, that I saw anything at all, or that yeah. I still got tricked enough to uh, convince these things. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the fact that we did it once for 30 minutes and knew what to expect. Yeah. I, I, wonder, I just wonder how it would be different if maybe instead of expecting to see a hallucination, going in knowing it's a hallucination that you're going to see, Maybe just having some random person do it. Oh, yeah. Beforehand, like, we may or may not put things in front of your field of vision or play other sounds. And then, the, I mean, you know, uh, maybe a group where you tell them you might show something, but, like, never do. And then a group where you don't tell them you might show something and you still don't. Yeah, uh, a control and a variable. Yeah, maybe if those who expect you're doing something like putting a silhouette of a seahorse... Mm-hmm. of you will actually see that seahorse more likely or will be like oh yeah that's definitely something they're doing out there or i wonder if maybe that will get rid of the hallucination where they're like oh i only see silhouettes because i know i'm looking for silhouettes mm-hmm. rather than oh i'm seeing something vivid because there's no way i would see something vivid yeah this kind of gets into this interesting paradox where like like i said when we're in a state of theta uh we're kind of a little more suggestible so if i suggest to you that you will hallucinate something it seems like a paradox our brain tends to be very good at seeing only what it wants to see Uh, obviously i'm speaking in generalities but if you want to see a hallucination 
then by definition, you want to see something that isn't there. So how can you trick your brain into thinking that there is something that you know isn't there by definition? Like if I'm anticipating the trick, will I fall for it as easily? Or will I fall for it even easier because I'm anticipating because I, I expect to be tricked? Like will I be tricked by things that I aren't even tricks? Yeah, if my brain is going out of its way to try to trick itself, and it is fully aware that it is trying to trick itself, would that make it easier or harder to trick itself? So I guess I could ask you this question. Would you ever consider doing it again? Yeah, I'd be fine with doing it again. I mean, time flies when you do it. It's just, um, you know, the preparation. But I mean, it's worth a shot. Again, maybe different set of circumstances. Maybe it was what I saw that day, and maybe it'll be a different thing another day, or maybe a stronger light or not a strong light. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it, I'm sure. Another thing that I might want to try is, like, ping pong balls are rather small, and so if I, like, turned my eyes to the left or right, I could see beyond my uh, goggles. So maybe if I somehow manufactured more sophisticated goggles that completely obscured my field of view, no matter which direction my eyes were. And another thing is, we both did the experiment in a dark room during the day, so there was a little bit of natural light seeping in. I wonder what would happen if we did it during the night. And on top of that, I'd imagine, like, we might be a little bit more scared if we did it genuinely in the middle of the night, and so perhaps we'd be a little bit more suggestible. Yeah, or maybe the just the state we're in at night, you know, having been awake so long maybe just the fact that you are more tired makes you more suggestible or gets you to that theta state easier um relative to the middle of the day maybe a couple hours up just ate a meal i think we did it it was yeah a little after lunch you know that is a really good question to see like how your sleep cycle affects gonsfeld like just waking up versus just about to go to bed versus just about to eat lunch yeah, would you be more or less susceptible to hallucinations the moment after you wake up? So you, the viewer, may want to consider some of these things if you ever try it, thinking, oh, where, what time of day should I do it? Should I go in expecting to hallucinate or not? I will say to the viewer, like, if you do it uh, in the safety of your own home, I would recommend doing it. It was, I, I wouldn't necessarily say Fun, but it was enjoyable like the knowledge itself was enjoyable yeah and it's definitely worth trying it's only half an hour and if you want to go to an hour an hour i mean yeah another thing that i wonder is like what would happen if we constructed a graph of like time spent under the experiment on the x-axis and the y-axis being like the percent chance that you will hallucinate or maybe vividness of hallucinations yeah, vividness of hallucination. Would it be an S-curve, a J-curve, flat line? Like, do they, like, maybe it's in stages how earlier on we saw slight changes and then more to silhouettes and uh, a little more vivid. So maybe after an hour, it would be like, oh, it's not just a maybe silhouette. Maybe being in the theta state so long and focusing on it, it, it could really uh, change the what you're seeing. Yeah, like perhaps yeah, if we did it for a full hour, our brain would just give up and be like, well, I, I guess this is my life now. Like, I guess only red light exists from now on. <laughs> well, this is, has been a very nice and soothing discussion. Like, I will, uh, I'd like to finish off with this statement that at first I thought it was going to be scary, but it ended up being really soothing and calming and honestly serene. Yeah. 
Why white noise helped. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, tuning in for another phantasmagorical episode. My name has been El Poncho. And my name, Lazarus. And this has been... The, the Phantasmagorical, Phantasmagorical Think Tank. Think -tank.